Welcome to the Bruins Benders podcast, episode 20, Black Hawks Down, with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink podcast network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis, and you can follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and now smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of inside the rink bet us bet us has your nhl nba ufc pga and yes nfl betting lines for their 27th year of live betting sign up for betus.com with the promo code rink for 125 percent sign up bonus that is betus.com and use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid, BetUS.com. And you can go there and, and bet on the March Madness festivities. Oh, you certainly can. Week. You certainly Absolutely. can. Oh, yeah, get all over that. Lose your house on that bad boy right there. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Taking UConn to go all the way. I always do. You do. <laughs> Whenever they're in it, that's what I do. Hey, you know what? You know what? I believe the, no, it wasn't UConn. It was the Bruins odds, actually. The guy on the uh, Nesson pregame show was talking about the Bruins odds to win the Stanley Cup. Went okay. from 30 to 1 to 16 to 1 just recently. Really? What does Vegas know that we don't? Oh, we don't know. Right. Interesting. 16 to 1. 16. Well, I would have gotten in at 30 to 1. Holy smokes. That's a good little bet right there. Time now for the weekend review. And the Bruins get three wins this week and two of them against the Chicago Blackhawks. And we had a little wager with Q the Dagger podcast. And uh, Cliff will join us now. And Cliff, uh, tough Tough couple of losses for Chicago. We really appreciate you having a little wager with us and coming on. Tell us a little bit about your podcast before we get into the games. Uh, Cue the Dagger just started up and a really good podcast talking Blackhawks. How did it come to be? I just got in touch with uh, Inside the Rink and I started doing some writing and stuff for them and really was enjoying working with them and alongside Connor and Andrew and all of them. So I just really enjoyed that and they suggested to start a podcast so we just kind of went from there found my co-host Logan and kind of just kicked it off from there and been kind of letting the wave roll and seeing where it heads awesome and uh so you you cover the Blackhawks and of course the Bruins play the Blackhawks twice this week and the first game four to three win in the garden it was a game where the Bruins fought back from a two to one deficit they had a sloppy penalty kill Swayman didn't freeze the puck Hagel scores a goal he scored twice in the game uh but the Bruins turn the tables. They get a late goal, and they have been victimized by late goals previous to that, and Pasta scores a late goal. And a frustrating loss for the Blackhawks because I thought they played pretty well, and I was actually texting Smitty during the game and said, why aren't the Blackhawks better? <laughs> they have they seem to have a roster of really good players. It's tough, honestly, as far as the Hawks go. They have this tendency this year to either play up or play down to their competition. I think the real issue is just they don't have any depth offensively at all. Can't really play a game. If it really gets open, this last week was a little different, minus this game, obviously, for the Hawks. But the last week or so, they've been scoring goals. But otherwise, the offense is irrelevant, and there's just no depth. And unless they can keep a game where Flurry's making 50 shots or something like that, they just don't have the ability to kind of hang with the top-end teams of a Boston for 60 minutes. They could do it for 40 minutes, but they're going to have their big-end breakdowns where they're going to give up two, three goals. Yeah, I thought uh, the Bruins were sloppy at times in that game, uh, but it was nice to see the power play click a little bit. Pasta got a couple now up to uh, 33 on the year, most goals in the league since January 1st. Jack Ashan gets his first goal, and uh, I didn't think he really looked out of place. He <laughs> he does look very small out there, though. But the Bruins <laughs> score late to win, so hallelujah. Cause, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> to get to get it, that win was uh, was a good one to get. Because the Bruins are chasing, you know, the Maple Leafs and and Lightning and, and Panthers in the Atlantic. And then on March 12th, the Bruins played Arizona, sandwiched a game in between the Blackhawks games, three to two win for Boston. Coyotes have been much better lately. I think they're seven and three in their last ten or something like that. This win was better than it seems for the Bruins. They led early two nothing, gave up the lead, which it seems to happen with the Bruins. But another goal late in the period, they hang on to win. Bruins have beaten the Arizona Coyotes 
18 times in a row. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's 18. That's a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, they started off well in this one. Uh, they got the two goals, but they they did give up one late in the in the second again. You know that those late goals and periods are kind of biting them a little bit. And then the Coyotes score early in the third to tie it. Fucking Nick Ritchie of all people. Uh, right. And then. Coyle wins it with an end-to-end backhand roof job uh, late for the Beast. Wayman was really good in this game. He's won eight in a row. Bees had a ton of chances, but Womacka was really, really good for the Coyotes. Paso alone could have had a you know two or three, but a nice win as they head out on the road. And and what do you think of uh, of of Arizona? They <laughs> they're not very they're, good. Uh, <laughs> probably the most interesting team in the league for the last week. Uh, yeah, continuing to get absolutely pummeled in shots and win games somehow. Uh, I'm not really sure. I wish uh, the Blackhawks could get some of that luck, but whatever they're sipping on over there, I guess keep sipping it. But they're headed to that college stadium, so enjoy this while it lasts. Yeah, yeah season two. Tickets must be just flying off the shelves. Yeah, because, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They only need to fill forty eight hundred seats. So well, I think you. I, I think all you need is five bucks and a student ID, and that'll get you yeah, in. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might even get <laughs> like a two beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably have free dogs and beers for everybody that shows up. So tonight, two to one win in overtime from Boston. Boy, I, I don't understand. And I, I'll get your your take on this because maybe we're biased. I, I know we're usually biased, but the the interference, the goalie interference. Here's my problem with goalie interference: is that it seems as though the league and the officiating just can't wait to disallow goals and it's a league that needs to see more goals you can't have enough goals and enough excitement in the nhl and they just seem to always disallow these goals i didn't see much there but cliff i wanted to get your take on that goal as a you know as a fan of the other team Obviously, my unbiased opinion. Not no, no black uh, Blackhawks fan is put in here. But uh, the only thing that I really saw, and it kind of goes with the fact that it was called no goal on the ice. I think that's the biggest contributor yeah. to the no call afterwards. Is that if you really watch the play, the only reason why Stillman goes into flurry is because Smith actually trips it. So if you watch his stick, he does take out his leg, and then Smith does touch him a little bit. So I think the way that the refs looked at it was Smith caused the contact between Stoneman and Flurry. So it's kind of one of those, like, you wouldn't get a penalty for the play, but it's a no-goal type situation. That's kind of how I saw that. Um, It's a little on the softer side. I personally would almost rather see those in, but the way the NHL has called it, that's the only way I think it should be a no-goal. Okay, I can I can live with that. That was that was good analysis on your part. But let me put it to you this way: if that was uh, Patrick Kane scoring the goal, <laughs> and that was Hagel that crashed into, or quotation fingers crashed into Allmark, would you have been angry if uh, they disallowed the goal? I mean, obviously, I'm on bias. So no, yeah, obviously, I, I think I would have been a little ticked off there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Okay. So that that's good. But it was good analysis, and I. I get your point if that's the case. But, it, of course, the Bruins challenge, they get penalized anyway because they lose the challenge. They kill the penalty, and then they get the winner in overtime. It's a really good sh- you know, shift and great movement by Pasternak and, and Hall and Grizzlick, and Grizzlick gets the winner. It was, uh, it was really good. I was owned a pick there. So was did I, you guys was see the play going into the zone as you guys entered there with the change? I have a still shot, and you go on Twitter, clear okay. too many men of the ice. Really? Clear okay. to many men on the ice. Yep. Okay. Yep. Clear. I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Just before entering the zone, the roughing tonight on both ends, and it didn't benefit either team because obviously you had the goaltender interference that kind of went our way. I'll agree. I think it was just awful tonight. It yeah. was just all pretty awful the last game. Yeah. I mean, I meant I mentioned it when I was furious, pretty furiously <laughs> tweeting during the game, but I said that that was the most gutless officiating I've seen since the last game because the officiating in the NHL all year has been terrible, yeah. you know, well, across the board. It's so, it is the, the entire league with the officiating player safety, like all, all departments of the league have been inconsistent and horrible throughout the year. Mm. Yeah. Something, I agree. Something needs to change there. Yeah, I, I agree too. And it seems to get worse. I mean, back when we were young, obviously, you know, the officiating they they make you know more makeup calls, and and you wouldn't get penalized if it was the third period late. That sort of has changed over the years, but this year it just seems to be really bad across the board officiating, and some of it's even reviewable. 
officiating that they still get wrong. And I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't know how you fix it. Maybe, maybe they need just go back to one ref on the ice. Maybe having two, and maybe they were relying on each other. I have no idea, but it just doesn't seem to get any better. Uh, before we let you go, Cliff, what, what do you see from the Blackhawks at the deadline? You think that they are going to, you know, sell pretty hard, or, or do you think that they are just going to wait and see offseason draft and see if they can improve on the team? Well, first things first, I don't think Patrick Kane's going anywhere. Right. I just want to okay. get that out. Yeah, I saw um, a lot of that. The latest, kind of reports, latest yeah. reports from Chicago from Mark Lazarus is he's planning on resigning in the summer. Okay. That's great to hear. I'm just going to stay with that because that's what I want. As far as this offseason, I think a guy like Calvin DeHaan's gone. Okay. I think a guy like Dominic Kubalik's gone. I think you could look at a guy like Ryan Carpenter being moved. The Fleury thing is interesting. It's really up to him. And if you are a guy that just faced 50 shots on this team that only gave you, what, 20 or whatever at the end of the game, do you really want to play on this team the rest of the year? Or maybe go test out a Toronto or any team, Vegas, you know, they shot that down right away. Any goaltending situation that's looking for help for it would be interesting. Uh, there's some talk around Chicago about potentially a Connor Murphy, but I just don't see that. I think there's too much term on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the Hawks are going to, Probably big, big movers. Um, that's my hope. I think that they should be focused on the rebuild and that they need to recoup as many draft picks headed into the offseason as they can so that they can start the process of becoming an uh, NHL caliber team. Yeah, we look forward to it. And uh, we look forward to the trade deadline, of course, from a Bruins perspective, because we have no idea what they're going to do. We, we'd assume they're going to You guys to want anyone from Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, I, what, yeah. Well, I want to bring Kat, but he's not going <laughs> no, to. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I... Tahan wouldn't be bad. Tahan wouldn't be bad. No, yeah, I don't Dehan think so. Tahan wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah he'd probably get him for a third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in that range. Well, in that, in that, in that case, yeah, I'd do Tahan for a fourth. Absolutely. Because the way the Bruins draft doesn't really matter how many picks they have or, or anything, because... Because they don't seem to, you know, draft that well, especially lately. Or if they do draft, they get a guy that's going to be ready in six years. So I think uh, right now I trade a fourth for Dehan, and I, yeah, I try that. I, I would um, solid defensive defense. Yeah. just don't, I, don't hope for any thing. points there. Right, that's what the Bruins need though. They need a little bit of you know solid. I thought actually the Bruins tonight played one of their better games in the zone. I thought that they kept everything to the outside. Obviously, made it really hard for the Blackhawks to get shots on net. The longest time and i thought they did a really disciplined job in the offensive in the defensive zone more so than they have you know for much of the season to be honest i thought they were pretty good tonight but they do need some depth that would sound right from uh from a hawks perspective the hawks had a good first shift and yep. then maybe like two good shifts in the third that was it so it was all boston <laughs> all night right and mark andre Fleury just made my night a little bit better by taking it to overtime for us. So yeah, I'm yeah, appreciative of Mark Andre Fleury. So yeah. he was the best player on the ice without, without question oh, yeah. for, for both teams. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was phenomenal tonight. It could have easily have been, you know, four or five to one. He deserves so much better than what he got. Yeah, he sure. did. Cliff, we appreciate it. Uh, it was fun wager. And uh, we, we wish you the best for the podcast, Cue the Dagger, and people can follow it at Cue the Dagger on Twitter and, and check it out where you listen to podcasts. We wish you the best, Cliff. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Anytime you guys want to have me back on for anything after the trade deadline or whatnot, just let yeah. me know. You guys do a fantastic job, and it was an honor awesome. to become a, be able to come on here and talk a little bit of hockey, even though we did lose two games to you the last of the week. <laughs> right. Wait, we appreciate the first it. one was with 17 seconds left, so right. a, little, a little poetic for you you guys on that yeah, but thank you guys, guys so much for having me oh yeah. no worries we, and we when we get to han we'll we'll have you on How's that? <laughs> all right well hopefully you guys can take him and go do something in the playoffs with them all right time now for seven chirps sponsored by lops brewing lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown woonsocket rhode island specializing in small batch ales and lagers it's open seven days a week and you can use the coupon code sports to get 10 percent off your online order go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at lops brewing on social media for new beers and events and chirp number one the bruins this past week signed a college free agent and traded for the rights to another and then signed him. Are they better at this than drafting? 100% uh, they are. And, and, and do they, and, and you know what, is this kind of a sweet spot for them? I mean, they've had success, Tori Krug, Jack Ashan. They've had some success here. 
Noel Achari, um, I believe, was another one. Noel Achari, uh, Matt Philippe, who's down in the minors, mm-hmm. was another guy from Northeastern, I think it was. So he seemed to really, you know, like doing it and, and have some success doing it. Yeah, I think their NCAA scouts are actually pretty good. So maybe they should put those guys in charge of the actual drafting. Uh, yeah, so Mark right. McLaughlin, they just signed uh, out of BC, who had a real good senior year. I believe he had 21 goals. Real big kid. Been mm-hmm. a captain. Been a captain everywhere he's been. Uh, he's a local kid from Bill Ricca, I believe. Yes. He so, is yeah, it was, a, it was a good move. And then they signed a defenseman from uh, Providence College, Michael Callahan, as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do, I do actually think they're, I mean, probably not. But they do kind of hit on this a little bit. So maybe they are a little bit better at this than they are at drafting. Maybe. And I think that McLaughlin actually came on in the beginning of his career at BC. Obviously, they were loaded in the beginning of his career. But he was you know, further down the lines and, and, and not as much offensive production, but really burst on the scene these last two years, especially this season. Highly sought after. I heard you know up to upwards of 20 offers yeah. from teams for Callahan. But he's a lifelong Bruins fan. I'm sorry for McLaughlin, but he's a lifelong Bruins fan. And he... Um, you know, he wanted to be with the Bruins. So we signed a two-year entry-level deal as the Callahan. And what I liked about both is that they're both captains, you know, so they're obviously leader types. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were college seniors, so they come in at 22 years old or so, a little more mature. Maybe they can jump on the scene next year uh, and, and make a bid for, for a roster spot or at least a guy, a fill-in type of guy for next season's team. And I really like the fact also that both uh, – Oh, actually, McLaughlin went to the uh, rookie development camp last summer. He so did. He was there for for the Bruins, so they've seen a lot of him as well. So you know, I, I you know I like it because they can get a couple of guys that have some potential, and and maybe it covers up some of the drafting mishaps that they've had. All right, chirp number two. Speaking of college free agents, Jack Ashan doesn't look out of place, but he lo- does look a little small. Can the Bruins carry another uh, multiple small players on the defensive core? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I, I think I think it's got to be kind of a one or the other thing with with Grizzlick and him, and and clearly Grizzlick is a much better player. I mean, his defensive metrics, especially with McAvoy, are off the charts. You just worry about guys that small getting taken advantage of in their own end. And Nishan, with all his the good things that he brings to his game, puck movement, he's pretty sturdy for a little guy, but he's still minus five in nine games or eight games or whatever it is. He doesn't look out of place, but he's just, he's going to have to learn kind of like Grizz has the positioning and the stick position and all that stuff, you know, getting out of the way of hits, not taking as much punishment, being smart about how you defend, especially against bigger guys, you know, one wrong move and, um, you know, a guy is by you because he's just bigger and stronger. So you really have to be strong in your positioning. And I think what, what sets Grizzlick apart is he's just a fantastic skater. Ashan's a good skater, but he's not as good as Grizzlick is. There's very few no. guys in the league who are as nimble as Grizzlick is back there. So I don't know if you can roll with both of them. So if if a team is looking for a defensive piece, you know, Ashan might be a guy that you could throw in a deal that maybe another team is looking for a guy with some offensive upside. You know, I've seen a, a lot of you know, more grizzly hate on social media this year than past years. He obviously got off to a, bit, a little bit of a rough start this year, and he is slight, so he gets a, you know, he, he does uh, get taken advantage of in the in the defensive zone sometimes. He does get injured at times. But Grizzly, as you said, is a very good player, and I've heard even people, it's funny how Bruins fans get all wound up after, like, one game. I've heard people say, oh, you could trade Grizzly at the deadline. You can just slot in a shot. <laughs> and I think that's the worst idea I've heard uh, of all. The, of all the ideas I've heard in the trade deadline, you wouldn't trade Matt Grizzlick now. And in fact, he's still on a pretty good deal. He's on a very good deal. That much money. He doesn't make that much money. No, he makes. And he's a he, very good player. Yeah, three so, million a year, I believe, for the next yeah. three. Yeah. So I, you keep him and you dangle the shine if you can get anything out of him because he's still a fringe tweener. Caught, he was an undrafted free agent. He's undersized. Yeah, maybe someone will take a flyer on him, but you know, you I include him in a deal and but he's not a future guy for this team at all unless he's a seventh or eighth defenseman. So let's not, let's pump the brakes on Jack Ashan. You know, nice kid nice kid, a nice story, and uh certainly a good offensive skill there set there. But like you said, Grizzlick is a better player all around and uh, worth it at his dollar value. All right, chirp number three. Is it the numbers line, the one, two, three line, or the oceans line, or the sequence line? I like the oceans line for uh, Frederick Coyle Smith. Yeah, but do, are people going to get that? 
Ocean's 11, 12, 13. Yeah. I've only seen like one of the movies. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like most people have seen the first one, right. but they haven't really. Se- and if you said the Ocean's line, people would be like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Until, Maybe. until yeah. you, like, until you realized it. I don't know. I don't know if enough people have seen it. Billy Jaffe had the one, two, three line. That's not their numbers. So no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where that came it's from. It's not yeah. their numbers. Yeah, uh, right. And the sequence line is just too long. Like and it's that also was also not a sequence because because <laughs> technically coils the center, <laughs> right? So it's not a sequence. It's not yeah, a sequence. So I like the numbers line. We coined that, yeah. so yeah. we're claiming it, and it's yeah. uh, that's what we're going with. That's it. Yeah, Bruins Benders podcast said numbers line, so that's what we're going with. Right, we're gonna hashtag the shit out of it. Sure. All right, uh, chirps number chirp number four. The first line isn't scoring lately. Patrice Bergeron did have a goal today, a, a greasy goal to get them on the board today. But the Bills bees are still winning games. Balance scoring matters, something that really hurt them last year. Earlier in the season, if the top line didn't score, the Bees lost. And, of course, last year as well, it was a it was a real problem with the secondary scoring. So now they're getting it, which is a good sign. I think so. I think it is a good yeah. sign. We've been clamoring for it. Bruins fans have been clamoring. I mean, it's been going on forever that, you know, they should take pasta off the top line and split them up. Even before, I think, Paul got here, it was, you know, put him with Krejci and see what he can do with Krejci. Right. You know, so that's been something the fan base has been, you know, screaming about forever. And they finally did it. And now with Hall and Pasternak together, it seems to be paying off. And now you're getting a little bit out of the third line, too, which is absolutely gravy. I mean, that's it is. if you got three lines that are scoring, you're in, you're in real good shape. Because, like, if the if the first line wasn't scoring... You know, last year or earlier this year, the, they lost. Like if Marshan, yeah, Bergeron, and Pasternak didn't score, they lost. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's good to see them winning games. You know, with with Marshan struggling a little bit and Bergeron down, and and DeBrusque turned back into a pumpkin on that on that first line right wing. I think we'll talk about that later. But I just yeah, like, the next chirp. Uh, okay, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Little segue. Yeah. Yeah, so chirp number five, Elliot Friedman told NHL Network that the Bruins are going for the Stanley Cup, and part of that was he thinks that Jake DeBrusque is staying, not being traded at the deadline. Does that really mean you're going for the Cup? And you just mentioned it, uh, DeBrusque turning back into a pumpkin. Here's my problem with the whole situation, and people now, Bruins fans now, seem to be very content on social media to keep DeBrusque. Don't trade him. You're not going to get enough for him. First of all, what's his true value? I mean, let's be serious about this. Let's, what's his true, he's, he's a few years removed from 27 goals. There's a lot more of the disinterested, unmotivated, disappearing Jake DeBrusque than the 27-goal Jake DeBrusque, first of all. He's also the right wing, top-line right wing, when you didn't have a lot of other options there unless you put Pasternak back, back there, which I don't think you should do. So if you keep DeBrusque and he's upset that you kept him, does he fall back into this disappearing act and now you're screwed at, at first-line right wing? Yeah, see, part of my problem is, and part of the reason I think he's turned back into a pumpkin, is he's not a right wing. Like, the Bruins have tried over and over again to put him on his offside. He Mm. only plays well when he plays left wing. He only plays well when he plays left wing. Right. When he was the fourth line left wing, he was playing playing well. It seemed to develop some chemistry. When Martian was out with suspension, he was on the left wing, the left side of the top line, scoring. He does not play well as a right wing. So having him be the top line right wing is a mistake. And he doesn't want to be here. So trade his ass. Trade him. If you're going for the cup, trade him for an asset who will actually help you. Right. And I I don't know exactly what his value is. It's not as much as... Bruins fans think you, you're just holding out hope that some team's going to give you more than they should for DeBrusque. It's not happening. There's a lot of trepidation around the league about DeBrusque because of his history of disappearing and disinterest. Like, it's just not going to happen. So you're, you're going to get 50 to 75 cents on the dollar. To me, you take it and you put your tail through your legs and you try to get a guy that can fit a role that you need, whether that's a, you know, a depth defenseman or if that's a, a uh, right wing that can maybe a veteran right wing, you know, like a Jordan Everly or someone that can play right wing, Phil Kessel, whatever, someone who can play top line right wing. Because now you can't break up Smith and Coyle and Frederick, and you can't break up Pasternak and Hall. So you don't have a right wing option there at top line. So you need to go get a guy. And if you do that, then you can send to Bruss for whatever you can get. As part of some package, but you should do it because you don't need a malcontent on the team in the postseason. You don't. No, you, you, no, you certainly don't. don't need him playing the top line. No. 
mean, that's just that's just not a good situation at all. And he's reiterated that nothing has changed even after his hot streak. Right. So that means he's 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 one foot out the door. Yeah, he's How dug can in. You bring a guy to into the postseason like that. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't I, do it. No. And I know he's been a good soldier in a in a in a, in a professional. He's right. been and he's been fine and great. And the guys like him, fantastic. But you still can't do it because he's just going to be up more upset that he doesn't dealt. So now you have a guy again on the top line. Folks, people just don't seem to get it. They just think they just think it's an afterthought that Dubrovsky is going to play fine on the top line and just finish off the year and go for the cup. Mm. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. And I don't want to take the chance. I don't want to take the chance either. I think you you have to deal him. You may lose the trade. Sweeney may lose that trade because he's not yeah. in a position of strength because people know DeBrusque wants out. But you got to cut You got to cut your losses. That's mm-hmm. one of the things about Bill Belichick. You know, love the guy or hate the guy. Most people love him. But, like, if he makes a mistake with a draft drafting somebody or with a guy who doesn't fit his culture, he is gone. See you Chase, later. Chase Winovich like, is the latest example. Yeah, like Adelis Thomas. Like they signed the guy for big money. Didn't fit in here. See ya. Right. Bye-bye. See ya. There's been numerous guys he's drafted. Drafted fairly high. Second round guys. Yeah. He'll cut yeah. them next year. Yeah. If, they, yeah. if they don't fit or if they're not doing yeah. the right things, gone. Right. Sometimes gone. you just got to cut your losses, Donnie. Cut yeah. your loss with Jake. Get whatever you can and let's move on. He don't. He doesn't even cut his losses with Zach Sanishin, who's been there six years. Like for God's <laughs> sakes, like that guy can't play. Like that guy just can't play. I like your. I like your. Uh, I like your trade proposal to the Ottawa Senators: Zach Sanishin and Jake DeBrusque for Connor Brown and. Nick Holden. Let's do it. Yes. Nick Holden. Get Nick Holden back. Veteran guy. He's actually had a pretty good year. He's yeah. been pretty good. Yeah. He was, he was picked up in 2000, I think 15, uh, in the at the trade line, like mm-hmm. a long, like a long time ago and filled a role here sure. in the postseason. Let's do it. And he could do it again. And then Connor Brown is a, you know, he's a, he's a decent right wing, yeah. you know, 28 years old. And that's the type of, and then you can get rid of both your malcontents. Boom, <laughs> boom. Know, one swoop. Yeah. See you later. Love it. You know, that's it. Goodbye. And yeah. that's it. Throw in a third round pick, whatever. Just, just, just make it happen. Like, just get rid of them. All right. Uh, chart number six. What is your trade deadline prediction and who do the Bruins eventually get? So my prediction is that they don't go, uh, there's nothing big. They don't do anything big unless you consider like a Jordan Eberle, Phil Kessel guy big, because that's what I want. I want a traditional, true right wing that can score goals, that can play on the top line. So give me one of those guys, Kessel or Eberle. I don't think you'd have to pay a ton for either one, probably more for Eberle than for Kessel, but I'd be fine with that. He's younger. Uh, He's a little bit feisty. Kessel (laughs) does have the playoff production, but how long is he going to last? How long is he going to stay with the team for? You don't know that. Probably a rental. And then on defense, you know, it's going to be a depth guy. It's going to be a Nick Holden or, you know, somebody it's going to so be talking about Susie with uh it was a seattle yeah i mean they were talking about you know, hampus lindholm a little bit i would love that middleton i doubt was yeah middleton I, w- yeah. I would love both of those guys give me right. middleton and lindholm either one of them i would love that i think those would both be pretty significant upgrades to the defense so one of those guys and uh and a true right wing and and i'd be happy at the deadline. And I and I would too. And I think Everly actually, actually has a year. Yeah, a I think year he, or two left. Yeah, he has a, some yeah. term. So yeah, Seattle may term. not be looking to deal him because he has some term. But uh yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean I, I I I we need you need a couple of guys. If it's Giroux, if it's Kessel, if it's Everly, if it's a you know whoever, it's a veteran guy who can score goals. They've done it in the past with Aginla and Yager and Horton and you know, Recky and if they've brought in Nash, they've brought in veteran guys who have been goal scorers in the past and largely been okay. Yeah, I mean if it's Friedman's assertion that they're going for it, then fucking go for it. Go like for if you're going to do it, bring in Eberle and fucking Giroux. Yeah. Bring them both, both. in. Put Giroux at second line center. Make Hollow yeah. the fourth line center. Yeah. Or third line left wing. Or I don't know. Yeah. Wing. Yeah. I mean, cause I, cause I think you're again, you're on borrowed time with Freddie again tonight. Like he, he was the only guy in the third period. He didn't have like one of the only two guys who didn't have a shot on goal. Like he's starting to fade again. And I know that line's been doing well, but I saw a lot more of the old Freddie tonight. So that's, that's uh, something that I think hollow eventually hollow with Coil and Smith would be a really good line. And you have hollow as another center on that line, mm-hmm. you know, for draws and things. And yep. 
So I, I like that idea. So I, I'm with you. Everly and, and Kessel or Everly and Giroux or whatever. A couple of guys. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to go for it, don't, ha- don't like, dip your toe in the water. Fucking right. dive in. Do a, do a fucking spinning pipe. Be, be Greg yeah. Louganis. Be an a gr- right. Olympic diver and dive right. in. Do a couple of flips, some rolls. Like, right. get in there. Don't dip right. your toe in. Don't accidentally slide off the fucking diving board and crack your chin on it. Go in. Right. Dive like in. He just did one time. Then he hit his head. <laughs> yeah, he did. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, but, but, but I the point is, really, yeah, don't it. half-ass yeah. it. You know, if right. you're gonna dive in, you know, dive in with some fucking authority. Dive in like yeah. you mean it. Yeah, and I'm with you. And this is the problem I've had with the Bruins is that they keep saying, remember two, was it two or three years ago when Neely said we got to make some really hard decisions with our roster, which they never did. And they hung on to the guys for dear life till the very end. Sweeney likes to win the trade. We can't win every trade and go for it at the same time. You have to make a hockey trade and trust your scouting and trust your, you know, your feel for your team and what they need. And if you can give, get rid of a guy or two to get a guy or two who are better fits you have to be able to trust your hockey evaluation mm-hmm. and do that and that's just a problem i'm having with them is that they're in the middle and they've straddled the middle too much and if they just get like a depth defenseman and and, and really nothing at the deadline it's really going to help all that much that's not going for it no that's that's not going for it dude so you've said this about this core we're going to give it everything we got you haven't you haven't. So now, you know, this is the year to do it because you have Hall and you have Pasternak, you have guys, Marshan, who are here beyond this year. So you can go for it and still be okay in the next couple of years here. You can. You can do it. But, you know, we'll see. And then finally, chirp number seven. The Nesson crew is back on the road. Interesting timing after so much talk about them waiting so long and all that and the fire alarm and all that. And all of a sudden, you know what? Yeah, I think it's okay now to go on the road. Wasn't that weird? Yeah, because the building almost burned down. Yeah. They, you know, like, Jack you know and Brick what? were almost burned alive. So they're like, oh, yeah. we might as well send them on the road yeah. because if they're going to get burned alive and we're going to have to use uh, the visiting team feed during the game anyways, we might as well send them out there. Yeah. And rather than having Andy Brickley in the parking lot listening to the radio, <laughs> you probably want him <laughs> at the arena. Unbelievable. I mean, my God almighty. Like, but that was so, that was so Nesson right there. Oh yeah. You know what? This is now is the time to send them. Right. Well, because everybody was bitching and moaning. Yeah. Everybody was laughing stock of America. Exactly. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, that's just, that's unbelievable. All right. Time now for the whipping boys segment. All right, Trent Frederick has been my whipping boy all year. Obviously, with the uh, Smith and Coyle combination, he's been he's been playing better. But I have seen some chinks in the armor here from Frederick himself. Smith and Coyle still great chemistry. I don't think. Look, Freddie's been playing better. I don't think the line is great because of because you know of Freddie all that much. I think it's great because of the chemistry that Coyle and Smith have. And I think you can put a Halla or someone else on that line and still have. The same results. I think that's probably true. It, look, he's played better and he's done some of the things that you'd like to see him do, but he's still a guy who scored just a little bit more points than I have in my NHL career. And he's still rolling out there with no shots on goal tonight for a large chunk of the game when everybody was firing pucks on net. And there were some times again, he wasn't winning pucks and he was fell, fell down a couple of times. Like it was back to the old Freddie. And again, I don't want to be right, but I feel like Freddie's going backwards again. And uh, you may want want to revisit that whole situation on the third line fairly soon. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the big problems with younger guys in the, in the league is having that consistency and mm. and being good game in and game out and hopefully he learns it. Hopefully we're wrong about that and hopefully he learns it and and he turns into a, you know, a fantastic third line guy. I think that's his ceiling. I don't think he's a second line guy at all. So I, the best we can hope for is that he's a really really good third line guy and uh hopefully he becomes that and sustains it. But only time will tell. Let me ask you this. If you're playing hockey a lot, is it fun if you rarely score or get a shot on net? (laughs) Like if you go out there and play 14 minutes and don't get a shot on net, how fun is the game for you when offensively there's really nothing there for you? Yeah, it's not fun at all because I've played some hockey, not well, but I've played it. 
And I, I have played a good deal of street hockey too. And I would consider myself a, a playmaking center. Right. And that's the best part of the game. Yeah. Is yeah. passing and making plays and just shooting and scoring. Yeah. So like if you're out there and you're not really doing anything, then yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's fun. Like if you're just out there blocking shots and falling down and yeah. jabbing a guy in the ribs occasionally. Yeah. Uh, that's not really that fun. This is a problem with like Carson Coleman and Anton Bleed and all these guys. Like they're just taking up space. They're just taking up right. some ice time. They're, they're not necessarily screwing it up a lot, but not really doing much. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. So my whipping boy is Connor Clifton. He's been okay until tonight. I didn't think he was good mm-hmm. tonight. I thought he was, I, didn't I, either. I, th- no. I thought he was lousy tonight. I thought he was yeah. back to the cliffy of old out of position on the Hawks lone goal. He goes up past the circle to make a hit, of course, mm-hmm. way out of position. The puck goes down low into his corner. So Forbert comes over to uh, try to make a play on the puck in that corner. Cliffy goes to the front of the net and stands there. Forbert doesn't get all the way back to the front of the net, and they leave, was it Hagel who scores? It was Hagel to yeah. yeah. And yeah. they leave Hagel alone to, to, to tip the puck in at the front of the net. What are you doing? Just, you know, it's, it's just know. so frustrating and watching him play sometimes. It's like, you don't need to go up past the circle to make a hit on a guy, especially when the puck goes down the boards, like yeah. retreat into your corner and make a play on the fucking puck. Come on, dude. Yeah. Like he has really been physical and he has been better, but yeah. like he needs to stay within himself, make the yeah. hits when they're there. Don't go chasing hits. It's fucking right. infuriating. They either need Vakaninen back or they need a, just another guy. If they don't do all that much in this trade deadline, especially on the defensive side, if they just need like a third pair guy that's steady with forward, like they just need that guy. They, they need Clifton to be there if someone gets hurt or if two guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. And we've said this a million times, but they need a guy. And they, you know, people are arguing me on, on social media about they don't really need a depth defense when they need a top four. Well, no shit. Everybody needs a top four defense. When everybody, if you gave them a top four defense and they take it right now, I'm sure not a lot of teams have four good defensemen, but like I'm sure someone would take one, but they need a depth guy that they can they need a guy they can put in there to make Clifton the depth guy. Right. And and not have him out there every night because again, he just gets out of control at times, plays a couple of good games and then he's then he's men's league. Yeah, if you can't you know, friendly fire. If you can't get a top four defenseman, you still need a defenseman. You do. You like you can't just for, you can, you can't forward. just be like, well, we're set on D. What's that? No, I mean, no. no, you're not. Because if no. one guy gets, Brandon Kylo gets, always gets hurt late in the season, knock on wood. He always right. gets hurt late in the season and misses the playoffs. So like if that happens, you're fucked. Clifton yeah, just are. second best right D yeah. right now. So that's not good enough. So you no, need a not. defenseman no matter what, no matter exactly. what. And, exactly. and if you can get a top 4D, all the better. I mean, right. tremendous, fantastic. Love you. Right. But uh, you need a defenseman no matter what, maybe two even. Because, you know, Vakanainen's banged up, Moore's banged up, Zaboral's out for the year. You're a little thinner back there than you think, you know. You, you are. You get, you know. Lewington and is that his name? And, yeah, Lewington and, and Lyle and Ashan. Like, holy Christ. Like, that's, that's no. No, that's nope, not what you're nope. looking for. Nope. Nope. So, because if, if I'm rolling Ashan, Grizzly, and Riley out there, that's not good. I mean, that's not that you're getting killed in your own end. Yeah, you're, you're getting killed in your own end. Well, and Grizz, you know, Grizzly's gotten banged up. You know, he got banged yeah. up last year in the postseason. You know, McAvoy occasionally gets dinged up. Their defense misses games occasionally. So yeah. you need to have at least a couple more guys back there that you can, you know, yeah. put in in a pinch. And and hopefully they're better than Clifton. So he's the eight, he's the last one you have to put in. And that was the other good point is that McAvoy, who plays a lot of minutes, takes a lot of beating, and he's going to have a shorter career than you think if you don't have a lot of protection in there for him and support and get a, a viable top-line defenseman to go with him. If you don't have that, it might be low Ryan a couple of years, then fine. But in the meantime, he's playing tons of minutes and taking tons of hits and taking a beating, and that's not good. I mean, that's not good. All right, beauties and benders, three beauties, three top performers, three poor defo- uh, performers this week. And my three beauties, number three, I'm going to give it to Linus Allmark. I think you know, he did a good job tonight. Didn't face a ton of pucks, but when he did, he made some some really good saves for them uh, in a 0-0 game for much of the game. And I like the way he's handled the situation with Swayman. He's, he's playing with a hot goalie, and he's very supportive, good teammate. And tonight, he actually went in and, and played well enough to get them 
the win and did what a good backup would do. So I'll go with Allmark at three. Number two, I think I like Brandon Carlo's game right now. I think he's playing pretty well. He's skating uh, and he's more confident skating mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and making the proper play and being better with the puck. So he's just playing with just with more confidence lately in the last two, three weeks. And then uh, number one, I, I really like Taylor Hall's game lately. And tonight he went to the net hard. He got he clipped with the skate there. That was scary. That was. Uh, on Bergeron's goal. But he's he's doing more of that. Like he's getting up in front of the net. He's using his powerful skating and legs to get under guys and get, you know, win battles along the boards and stuff. He's doing the little things. He's playing hard. And uh, if he does that, he's got the skill set to really be dangerous in the postseason. So I like Taylor's game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think uh, Hall has been good and Carlo has been good uh, lately as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my three beauties, starting off with number three, I have Patrice Bergeron. He had a goal tonight. He was pretty good in the games leading up to this. Really good in the faceoff dot. I think in the first Blackhawks game, he might have been like 13-2 and two with the dot or some ridiculous mm, thing. Right. Really good. A uh, couple of assists and then the goal tonight. So he's been good. I have uh, Smith at number two. Been playing really well hot lately scoring goals and then uh charlie coyle who i wanted to put on the last episode but couldn't because of the turnover at the end continued a strong play he's been really good had the winner against arizona on that filthy end-to-end backhand shelf Mm -hmm. job and uh just been playing really really well lately and really dominating in that third line center role so excellent and and as advertised this season yeah, and he he should have had the winner tonight because he had yeah he did really nice you're right the slot yeah <laughs> should have been should have been the winner yeah it should have been yeah uh, all right three benders now and my number three bender is daylight savings face you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. week long. I mean, I just can't take it anymore. Like, just can we not do it anymore? Like, I finally started to drive. I leave the house at like five minutes to six in the morning. And I finally started to see some daylight on the drive-in. And it's taken away from me. It's just taken away from me. And I'm back to pitch dark, still cold. I can't take it. I mean, I just can't. And I know it's 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 lighter later, but I think the whole thing sucks, and did, we need to just. Did, did you see that uh, at the Congress voted unanimously to uh, keep it or whatever? So it's, to keep it. Yeah. So I I think we're not changing the clocks anymore. Starting we're next year. Changing. Starting starting next year. No more clock changing. I think. Oh, that's terrific. I think you putting it on the on the uh, benders list has changed the government's mind. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm all for, yeah. I don't pay attention to much politics, but when it comes to daylight savings, um, <laughs> I'm passionate. Uh, so see you later. Uh, number two bender for me, the NHL officiating. Face, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. And this might be the second or third time it's been on uh, my Benders list. And it's not just the officiating sign, which, which was, again, porous. But it's the fact that the league just is dying to disallow goals and goalie and any type of sniff of goalie interference. It just boggles my mind. And then tonight, Smith just barely clips his pad, has no real bearing on the goal. It goes in. It should be a goal. But we're going to disallow as many goals as we can because, God forbid, if hockey has more goals, which are obviously the most exciting play in the game. So that, that really sucks. And then a bender number one, Austin Matthews. Face, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Gets a two-game suspension for his cross-check on, uh, who was on, Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, it was. Right? Yep. And, uh, you know, cross-check right to the neck. You know, could have injured him. You know, you can break a guy's neck just just cross-checking sure your neck yeah. and throat. Uh, so he gets two games, and I'm glad he did because I was I was I was hoping he would, and I and I was fine with a two-game suspension because he's not a repeat offender. But I will say this: the whole Selkie talk drives me nuts, and now he's not getting the lady bing either, so he can go screw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I agree with you 100 on the Selkie yeah. talk. I don't believe he kills penalties, does he? I don't. Does I don't he th- really. I don't I think. Mean, a, come on. I don't think a forward that doesn't kill penalties has any business winning a fucking no, Selkie award. No, for God's sakes, no. All right. Honestly, I don't have any idea. I might have just made that up, but uh, uh, you might not. Fuck him. Look at Austin Matthews <laughs> is a tremendous fucking. He player. is. He absolutely but, is. But he's not the best defensive forward. No, he he's isn't. He's not the nicest guy. So no, he isn't. Himself. Both of those <laughs> are true. Right. For my benders, I have my good friend Connor Clifton at number three. Basin. Mm. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. He's an eighth defenseman, and he was terrible tonight. Thank you very much. 
So number two, I have the spineless clown with the stripes on during the Bruins game against the Hawks. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. So that was horrendous, horrendous officiating, and I can't believe that they actually disallowed that goal. I, I was dumbfounded by it. I, I said that we should riot on Twitter, and uh, I had quite a few people agree with me. Um, <laughs> and so for the uh, number one bender, I have the other spineless clown. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. <laughs> so the pair of referees, both of them, I, I didn't want to actually call them referees because I don't think they were doing any refereeing. They were just kind no. of randomly out there skating around and, and looking at things and putting their arm up once in a while. So do those do those arenas the are there arenas out there still play still play three blind mice every once in a while? They should. That, that used to be a great tradition. Oh man, I'll tell you tonight it was just I can't believe you could disallow that goal, but you know, what do I know? All right, time for the top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings and breaking the jinx tonight. Number seven, the Boston Bruins, a new addition, the first time in the rankings all year. 10 one and one in their last 12, 79 points and charging along. And they are finally in the rankings. They deserve it. They've been playing they well. They've been playing yeah. great since January 1. Yeah, they deserve to be in there. And, and it's about fucking time. And I had to reverse jinx it during the game. I had to throw right. a little Uno card out there. Reverse Uno card. Reverse, <laughs> reverse Uno card. Man, green reverse. Yeah. yeah. Get, get, the, get wow. the jinx backed up. But uh, yeah, the, we figured it out. The Benedict jinx is over and the Bruins yeah. are in. There'll be no sacrificial lambs. Or no, we don't have to burn any hockey burning. sticks. We're in good shape. No. No. Uh, number six, the New York Rangers back in the power rankings at 81 points. They've won a couple in a row and playing pretty good hockey and actually a sneaky good team, the Rangers. And it'll be really interesting to see what they do at the deadline because they aren't bad. They're pretty good. And uh, well, they have a great year. I mean, and, you know, Shesterkin's playing out of his head. Yeah, he's a heart, heart trophy candidate. So uh, their underlying five on five stuff, not great. Yeah. But right. he is, so they're in all the games because he's been so good. And they have a pretty good offense. So Panarin, Kreider, Zabanajai, yeah. like they have a pretty yeah. good offensive team. And obviously Fox and, you know, they have a pretty good defensive core too. So mm-hmm. reigning Norris winner, right? Fox? Yeah, Fox. Yeah. So um, yeah. they have a good team. You know, I think Kreider, yeah. if, if he's not leading the league, he's close. The 39 well, he has been for a while. 39. Yeah, oh, yeah. Matthews really... Matthews might have passed him. But, yeah, right. 39 or 40 goals I think Kreider has now. Yeah, yeah. Really good year for him. Uh, number five, Toronto Maple Leafs. They climb one spot, 81 points, playing a little bit better now after a lull. Number four, Tampa Bay Lightning drop a spot. They're at 82 points. Florida Panthers are at three. They go up a spot. They have 86 points. Carolina Hurricanes are second. They stay there at 87 points and staying in first. The Colorado Avalanche have 89 points to lead the league. They do, and they just traded uh, Tyson Jost for uh, Nico Sturm. Little they did. upgrade in size and a little mm-hmm. physicality maybe. But nobody really in Avs land wanted to see Jost go. So be interesting mm. to see how that plays for that team. Uh, yeah. All the fan base love that guy, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, his numbers were not very good. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He seemed to have a down year. They could probably use some size and some physicality. They have some great players there, but maybe some protection. Do they get Manson too? Yeah. So they're, you know, making some yeah. additions. Uh, he'll yeah. add a little bit of snarl to that back end. Sure. All right. So here we go. The bottom three of the Bruins Benders power less rankings and coming in at number 30, the Ottawa Senators who stink and are three and seven <laughs> in their last 10. Yeah. <laughs> They're not yeah. good at all. Number 31, Seattle, the Kraken are two, six and two in their last 10. They stink as well. Mm-hmm. And the Montreal Canadiens stink the most. They do. And they are last in the league, but they are playing better under Marty St. Louis. Cole Caulfield yeah. had like one goal in 30 games under the last coach, some French dude. Can't yeah. think of what his name was. Right. Guillain Ducharme or something like that, I think. Yeah. But under St. Louis, I believe he has nine goals in tennis so far. Does he really? Wow. To have a little bit of a resurgence right. under uh, well, Marty St. Louis. One player, I can't remember who it was, said that they enjoy going, enjoy playing hockey again under St. Louis. So uh, that's, I guess that's a big part of it. And of course, winning helps. But but yeah, they're still bad. And they are still going to be selling like hotcakes. They to, are. To whoever, to whoever will take their players. Yeah, they held, uh, they held Ben Chariot out of the... Um, they did. Out of the game tonight, pending, I guess, a trade. So right. we'll see what happens uh, there. 
Yeah, there have yeah. been some injuries that have that have affected Chikrin got hurt. He's out two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be something that's lingering, might shy some teams away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some guys who are getting dinged up for have been trade candidates. So uh I think it behooves teams if you're bad just to have them sit for two or three games so you figure that out. Absolutely. Um, and the Canadians are bad, so they'll be selling like hotcakes. The week ahead in the Bruins play right away, March sixteenth, at the Minnesota Wild and Matt Boldy, who has twelve goals now, I think I saw. Already, he does. He's, uh, he's he's sort of uh, coming in the back door of the Calder Trophy discussion. <laughs> if he keeps it up, probably yeah. have enough games to do it. Probably not enough goals. Yeah, in a short period of time. Not enough games, but he's playing at a point of game pace, pretty much. I think yeah. he has either twenty three or twenty four points, something like that, in twenty five games. So he's he's having himself a good year, and he's a plus player too on a good mm-hmm. team. He's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, March the eighteenth at Winnipeg Jets, and then March twenty first at the Montreal Canadiens. So these are three games. A wild game will be tough. And of was at Winnipeg and at Montreal, so hopefully the Bruins can keep the train going this week uh, and get three more wins. Let's climb the ladder in the top seven power rankings. Uh, Bender's poll time. And Smitty came up with one of the greatest polls of all time. <laughs> During the Arizona game, he tweeted out, Arizona has two goals. Bruins have zero. Since I started watching, should I turn off the TV? <laughs> Uh, yes, came in at 35%. No, at 22%. And Nick Ritchie sucks. Came in at 43%. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Nick Ritchie scored a goal back in Boston. And, and those clowns out there who still think it was a bad move to, to let Ritchie go and think he's better than he is, probably salivated over that one. And he has been good. I mean, he's been pretty hot with the, with the Coyotes, but they're bad. Yeah, but so he was signed by he was signed by the Maple Leafs, and they put him on the top line, and then they traded him because he was terrible. Right. So let's yeah. not pretend like he's playing with you know Tavares and Marn like Nealian, yeah. like one of the some of the top six guys on the Leafs. Right. Nick Ritchie was playing with them, and he couldn't produce. So right. he stinks. He does. And they traded him to Arizona. And now he's playing on a shitty team with no mm-hmm. pressure in a right. in a college rink or in somebody's parking lot. Who knows? Right. Might be playing in like a Safeway parking lot in, in Arizona. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Five degrees. Yeah. yeah. It's 106 yeah. out there. He's sweating bullets. He's out of shape. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> he's terrible. Guy stinks. I mean, he does. I mean, he could, he'll score a goal, you know, falling in front of the net right. or something on the power play. That, that was the only production he really had for the Bruins. It right. was sort of fool's gold. I mean, come on. Yeah, they put him net front. Uh, it was and a bad move. They used to, yeah. Puck used to hit him in the ass and go in. Happened right. eight times. And, and look, I, I, I know Dan Heinen's had a pretty good year. I, I still don't miss Dan Heinen. I no. don't. I, I, I don't. I mean, it's just, it, you, look at this lineup right now. Where would he go? Like, what, I mean, what is he any better? Maybe Frederick. No. Guy yeah, I mean, that. like, yeah. like all the, they yeah. don't need Danton Heinen. No, they don't. Need they, they have they have guys who are just as good, if not better. Yeah, so if I, don't, if, I, don't, I, don't I put that. it this way, you probably wouldn't have Craig Smith <laughs> if you didn't if you still had Danton Heinen. Craig right. Smith, you probably wouldn't have signed if you still had right. Danton Heinen. So I would rather have Craig Smith than Danton. I would, I would, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I would. Maybe not Nick Foligno. But uh, Craig Smith, for sure. Uh, All right. You can rate and review for charity $1 to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. Thanks to all the listeners from 48 states and 49 countries now. Still waiting for West Virginia and Wyoming because District of Columbia is in there. So West Virginia and Wyoming. Hey, you know, our buddy's Jonesy, who I know listens. Didn't he live in Wyoming? I don't think so. He didn't? I'm going to ask him. I thought he lived in Wyoming. Did he for really? A second. I thought I th- he did. I thought he was always in Colorado. He must have a buddy from Wyoming. He, he probably does. He probably knows space. somebody. Yeah, he probably knows somebody in the Space Force from Wyoming. Yeah, he's a secret space agent or whatever he is. He is. Yeah. Him and Steve Carell. There's a guy in the witness protection program from Wyoming. <laughs> hey, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Get a hoodie, get a T-shirt. And, hey, everybody, have a great week. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot. Go Bruins.